2: For a little behind-the-scenes gossip about Junior Johnson's engineering skills, he's got two things in his hand: pipe wrench and channel lock pliers. And they weren't new; they yeah. had been they had been yeah. around the block a time or two. Wasn't so the first deal they build, I bet no, <laughs> no. You know, you, I think they were they had the the pliers had been red before, but paint had yeah. worn off. cars and that were really no match but he thought he was doing pretty good and then the guy just hits it and just takes off and practically disappears. but then the guy makes a bootleg turn uh and comes back towards him and it, it, as he said it was a game of chicken and i was the chicken and so he ran <laughs> off the boat and, and actually he was the guy who who caught junior johnson at his daddy's still when junior got tangled up in a in a bar wire fence <laughs> So check out the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast available on YouTube, DailyDownForce.com, and all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And be sure to check out my regular show on NASCAR history, The Scene Bought Podcast.
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check.
3: Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to say for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: I kept the last uh, BK check I ever got that bounced. The checks just stopped coming all together and I just drove for free the rest of the year and I literally put the two checks next to each other and how much shit was in between that check the one that bounced and never cashed to the one that came from Rick Hendrick like there's a lot of stuff to be said about that the space in between those two the dates in between those two checks
0: welcome back to the latest episode of Out of the Groove Power Hour presented by Circle B Diecast. My name is Eric step I am joined as always by NASCAR driver Brennan Poole. Brennan, at the beginning of this show, I used to say Xfinity Series driver, but now you're running Cup. You've been in trucks this year. You're doing it all double duty at Nashville this past weekend. How you doing, Brennan? Good to see you
3: i'm doing good i um it was my first cup race doing you know 687 could have been more could have been less shifts um and at an oval so that was uh that was interesting um but yeah no i i enjoyed it it was a hot weekend um but it was a pretty solid weekend top 20 in the xfinity car We'll take it. Uh, we've had a little difficult go of things after coming back from the West Coast. So it was good to get back rolling. Hopefully, some more momentum put on our side, headed into Chicago Street course. But um and then yeah, and then the cup race, everything was pretty good, smooth, solid day. I think we wish we would have had a little bit more pace. There were moments in the race where we showed really good speed, ran really good lap times. But, you know, um it was really it was my first weekend really at Nashville running around. My first race ever ran yeah. there was Saturday, and um it was You know, my fourth time in the cup car, but this is like the second full race I've ever completed. So just learned a lot of stuff and, um, you know, continue to log a notebook um, on the cup car and continue to get better. And I felt like I did that. You know, we had a I sped on pit road in the last green flag stop and probably gave up a couple of spots. But. Um, you know, I had a good time. I fought, I raced the heck out of the 22 and the 17 and some cars That's like that. I passed the 14 Briscoe, which I know they've been struggling, um, <laughs> this year and the 41 as well. But, um, you know, it just feels good to be out there and, and racing amongst those guys and, um, taking it all in and, and learning. And so, yeah, I, I, um, I enjoyed it. I think all in all, it was, um, it was a really good weekend for us, for me.
0: The cars both look great. You had the Mac door systems colors, seeing those on a cup car. I think that was the first time, right? That looked cool. That was, that was sick. Yeah. That
3: that, everyone was talking about that paint scheme. Um, shout out, uh, Ryan Daly designs. He designed it. Um, he's done a lot of stuff for me over the years. And, and, uh, yeah, I mean, he just like crushed it and everybody loved the, so the, the paint scheme people were like this is the best one of the year and I was like well we'll see there's still a lot of the year left to go but it, yeah it was a it was a really really good um, paint scheme and of course we had all the MacDoors uh, family there and and um, that was a lot of fun we you know, there was like fifty guests or something so it was like a, it was a packed house and um, it's a, it's a lot of fun when you have um, that many people there um to you know pool for you cheer you on and all that kind of stuff and so i enjoyed that they had a they had one of those little suites that's like behind the um pit road so that was cool i got to go there and hang out and watch the truck race that's cool on friday night so i enjoyed that and ate some food with everybody and 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 got to live up the the sweet life for at least the truck race so that was uh that was a lot of fun and then went to work the next two days
0: Dang! I can only imagine uh, how much how much you had to sweat this weekend. It was it was toasty and humid. I'm not used to that kind of humidity up in uh, in Tennessee. That was crazy. It
3: was so hot that like literally the next day, like on Monday when I was driving home, like my face was like dry. Like (sighs) that's how much fluid I had lost. I guess, but it was funny. Yeah, I I mean.
0: I like, I bumped into you on pit road right before the race, the cup race, I should say. And I didn't say anything to them, but I noticed you, maybe you had just put like a towel on, but you had like a bead of sweat running down your head right here. And I remember thinking in the back of my head, like, damn, he's already like he's sweating. He's hot. And it it hasn't even gotten in the car yet. So I was a little worried about you, but I'm glad you made it. It it, it was man. Well,
3: I gotta tell you, Saturday was worse than Sunday for me. And I know there are a lot of other drivers that were feeling it, but it was just like the time of the race. It's like right in the hottest point of the day. And like, it is hot, like at least in the cup car, like, yes, it was very hot through the first stage. And, um, and I the sun you went know, down. was sweating it out, but then the sun went down. Yeah. And then really from that point on, like the rest of the race, like I really wasn't that hot. Um, you know, the guys kept giving me some ice and stuff like that. And and you know, I, I don't run the cool shirt or anything. I hear it's amazing. I would probably like to get one of those things, a <laughs> little expensive. But so I just like throw ice like in my suit, like right on my Old chest. School. And then yeah, and then I had a I had a fan that was like blowing right at me. So and I had fan on my feet, I had a back fan, helmet fan, like the cup car is really, really nice for all that type of stuff. But you're also running twice the distance you know so it's mm. it's so it offsets um, it's much more challenging yeah, yeah yeah by the end of it you're still tired and you're still hot but Oof. um shoot that's why we ride bikes and run and yeah. work out so it, it, it was it, uh, it was okay
0: who says nascar drivers aren't athletes um I a for, lot of people that know. don't know anything eric <laughs> i know it's it's ridiculous uh i'm not a nascar driver i don't know why i'm getting offended but yeah i'm uh i feel for you guys uh the people just don't understand they don't understand the the harsh truth. Um, I forgot to mention this at the top of the show, but uh, Circle B Diecast, of course, is our presenting sponsor. And as always, mm. they have a special deal for fans of the show. You can use code OOTG stands for out of the groove. OOTG for free shipping on orders over $30. Uh Brandon and I always love checking out Circle B Diecast the latest offerings. Uh you should go check them out as well. I'll put the link if you're watching on YouTube. The link to Diecast.com is down in the description below. Uh you talked a moment ago uh Brandon about you know, you're racing with the 14, the 41 Stuart Haas racing cars. Uh Stuart Haas has been in the news uh been, been some bad news for them lately i guess with just you know just not great performance out of their cars <laughs> but Josh Berry uh last week was confirmed as the new driver of the 4 he'll take over for Kevin Harvick so you know i guess what i want to say is free agency now silly season is kind of in full swing like that was the first one of the first big dominoes to fall uh i guess i want to start by just getting your perspective uh, broadly speaking, as a driver who obviously has moved from team to team in the past, you know, how difficult is it to, you know, if you're a free agent right now, how difficult is it to race week to week when you're also trying to manage your future? You're looking for your next opportunity. You're trying to get deals done, find sponsorship. Like, uh, Give us some insight into the mind of a driver during this time of year.
3: <clears throat> yeah. I mean, first thing I do want to say is congratulations to Josh. Um, it's pretty awesome. I feel like you know, Josh and I are very similar in a lot of ways. You know, I race late model stock cars, won a lot of races, won championships in the same same deal that he was doing. I raced against the junior late model cars back when I was doing yeah. that. So, um, and then, um, to have his Xfinity break, it didn't really go so well. And then to come back and have his resurgence and then to get the cup right is awesome. I feel like I'm in the middle of that same journey. So you got to pull for guys like that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you sure. know?
3: So i pull for him and I'm so happy for, for him on that. That's it's awesome. And, um, he deserves it. So, yeah, it's tough. I mean, I've certainly had almost every year of my career, I never really knew what I was doing the next year, which makes it difficult. Um, I mean, the last couple of years, like I've kind of known where I was going and what I was going to be doing to an extent. Um, but, you know, it's just, you never like for me, like, I never really feel great about it until I'm like at the track and like my name's on the car. And I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. <laughs> getting into it. Then I'm like, okay, it's happening. Um, <laughs> but uh, for the most part, you just, you know, you're just you never you're never really sure you're always working towards a goal. Like I, I work with, um, you know, my family members that help me and I and some people in the industry that help me how, try to help guide me on where I need to go. And then um, I try to figure that out. But, you know, like for this past season with Johnny and, and the stuff that we're doing this year, you know, he talked to me the previous year and then wanted to give give me a few races. And we worked together on that. And there was some funding that came together for me to run three races within the previous year to see how we work together. And then of course we ran really, really well. And so all of us were like, okay, well, we need to try to go in this direction and figure it out for the next year. So Mm -hmm. I kind of had an idea that's what, you know, where I was going to be. So um, yeah. So right now for me, like in my silly season, this is too early (laughs) for me still um, to know what's going on. I'm, I'm, uh, it's still a long way to go in the, in the year, but I, I think some discussions will start happening in the next couple of months.
0: I didn't, hadn't thought really going back to Josh Berry for a second. I hadn't really thought about the sort of parallels between where you're at uh, and where Josh is at mm-hmm. in, in, your careers, uh, similar backgrounds, I guess, similar age. I, th- I guess y'all are both about the yeah. same age now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I guess, does it feel, I don't know. Does it feel, how does it feel seeing a guy like Josh Berry get a top cup ride? Cause I think we can call the four car a top cup, ride, Even though, you know, the SHR, I don't know what's going on over there. They aren't seeming nearly as fast as they used to be, but, Like, how does it feel seeing a guy get that ride? Despite as far as I know, he's not bringing any significant sponsorship to that. Uh, Maybe, you know, something that I don't buy, like he might have a few races here or there. I know he signed with KHI, so I'm sure Harvick's group will help him find a few sponsors here and there. But like, does that give you confidence? Because, I mean, you talk about every driver talks about how much it costs. You you have to Mm -hmm. go out. It's almost like you as a driver have to convince a sponsor that you're talented enough, they'll give you the money. And if you have the money at that point, the owner doesn't care. I mean, as long as you're not a joke, they'll give you a seat. They'll give you a chance. So like, does it cause you to kind of rethink your philosophy or your strategy at all? When you see a guy like Josh Berry, get, get a ride almost solely based on merit, or is it just, that's such a fluke almost that it doesn't change your. Yeah,
3: I don't, I don't think it's a fluke. I think it's the start of the model changing. Um, like I think, Like, I don't know. Like, I agree with what Dale Jr. and Tony Stewart both had to say. I think, you know, there's a different way to try to take, you know, we can't start looking at this and take a 16 year old and just like try to build him and nurture him and develop him into this point and then put him into a cup car. I just don't think it works like that anymore. Granted, I never really thought that was the best way of doing things. I mean, Joey Logano, literally, who is now one of the best cup drivers in the series and has been probably one of the best drivers for a long time. Um, is a two time champion, so you can't take anything away from him. And, um, you know, he literally almost was out <laughs>
0: like yeah, he got fired.
3: True. So, um, and, and you look at guys like William Byron, it's taken them a lot of years in the Cup Series to progress. Um, it's just, it takes time and maturity, um, to handle everything that comes with being a, a Cup Series driver. And I think, you know, maybe some teams should start looking at older mature drivers who have been through a lot of different things so the maturity level is a lot different they have a better understanding of how things work it's not all about them it's about uh, the team and the organization and rising together in order to accomplish the goals and that's how you stay there as a driver you got to be able to make the most out of what you've got and i'm sure um you know even like Stuart haas those guys struggling Um, The good drivers will find a way to turn the program around and they will get better results. So because you just don't have a choice or you go away. So, I mean, I I think um, for me, it takes takes sponsorship money. I don't think there's anyone that's just like getting rides in Xfinity or in like the top cars that don't have money attached to them. I just even like Josh Berry, Grant, he got help with Junior and all them. They helped collectively together find that money. But they still found sponsorship money for him to to do that. So. Um, you still have to have it, um, so I don't know. We'll we'll see. Uh, things are going well for it for me, so I, I feel very positive about everything. I feel very very positive about my future. Racing in the Cup Series
0: is, you know, it's the dream. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk to a, a a Cup Series racer here in just a few minutes. Uh, Corey Lejoy is joining us this week. He is our special guest. But before we bring Corey in, Brendan, I want to pivot a bit. Uh, we've talked a little bit about Nashville. We talked about free agency uh you know what's it look mm. like what is the the bigger picture how are drivers managing it but uh, i want to ask about chicago or i want to talk about chicago a bit and uh, i'll get your take in a moment <clears throat> i know you're uh you're running the xfinity race you've got a chicago-based company uh on your car and i see the hat there it looks really nice it looks really cool mm-hmm. <clears throat> we got <clears throat> some uh,
3: cool stuff happening with it too that i'll share in a minute
0: yeah uh i want to get your opinion first on On the Chicago street race, because because where I come from on this is, I appreciate NASCAR taking the risk. This has the potential to be uh, maybe one of their best ideas ever, but it could also be a a total disaster. Um, Based on ticket sales and things I've seen, that part I don't think is going to be a disaster. It's more about what happens on the racetrack. Uh, Cup Series at least hasn't raced a street course ever. Uh, Xfinity yeah. series. I mean, I guess if you count like Montreal, I guess as a, a street course kind of, but like nothing that looks quite like Chicago, where it's you know, yeah. concrete barriers on either side, it's very narrow. Uh, I don't think there's hardly any like runoff area in any of the corners. So mm-hmm. you make a mistake, mm-hmm. and it's you're probably not the only one who's going to be destroyed if, if someone makes a mistake or if you make a mistake. So yeah, that's the part that worries me, but and I'm also not a big fan that they took road america off the schedule for this race uh, i was there in 2021 for the first july fourth weekend road america race and it was different for sure. But it felt like a, a love letter to core NASCAR fans, especially I know there are a ton of race fans in the Midwest, Wisconsin in particular. I'm not sure if you've raced in in Wisconsin. I mean, outside maybe a NASCAR event, but like the the short track scene there, everybody knows how established it is. So many greats have come through, uh, have come out of Wisconsin and made it to NASCAR, made it to the top level and won championships. So to leave Road America for Chicago, kind of, I feel like there's got to be some sort of rivalry there. Uh, <laughs> like I talked to some fans at Nashville this weekend um who uh were big road america fans uh and were very disappointed to see them going to Chicago. So, it's just once again NASCAR from the way I the way I see it them, you know, chasing after uh, a new fan but risking potentially alienating the existing core audience that exists um, you know, in the Midwest. You know, it's it's a very Chicago is going to be a very exclusive event. Tickets are expensive. Uh they're not selling like a ton of them. You the, you know the concert experience it's it's more than a race it's not meant to appeal to the hardcore race fan so yeah i don't know i i go back and forth i think time will tell if this truly turns out to be a good investment if the ratings are great if the the if there are new fans new markets generated as a result of this but you know, going in i'm optimistic i'm excited but i i'm cautiously aware that it could be a total disaster at least on track so as someone who's been in the sim i imagine who's been getting prepared for this race and <laughs> you're you running cup or are you just doing xfinity this weekend
3: just xfinity okay but you're yeah. gonna
0: be on track i guess uh, what are your expectations for the race and uh, first start with this I'm, I'm gonna ask Corey the same question on a scale of one to ten how excited are you or <clears throat> i don't know enthusiastic are you about <laughs> racing chicago I street
3: i don't know if i can put it into like in a in an excitement level i think there's some anxiety over it like because it's just such an unknown and like getting in and getting out of the track and where to stay like just the logistic that's what has me the most stress
0: going as a fan i'm just like you know how am i going to get to the track is it going to be easy to like can i take an uber do i have to take a train do i can i like you know where's food going to be how easy will be to navigate like that's That's the stuff that has me as, as stressed out as the race itself.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I think like that part of it's going to be a little confusing and a little tricky. And there probably will be some people that make some mistakes there on that. But I mean, I, I'm not sure, you know, I, 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 like I said, I don't know if I can put it like on a one to 10 number. I mean, there, there's certainly a lot of um, unknown around it, which creates like that the nerves and the, the anxiety over like, what is, what is this going to be? Of course, you know, there in Xfinity, there are a lot of cars going home, so there's pressure to qualify in the race. That's so true. there's a there and none of us have been on the track before. It's a street course. How much what's the grip level going to be like in the simulator and all that stuff? Like, we don't really know what the grip level is going to be like. So, like everything's everyone's just kind of like guessing at this. Um, so that's gonna be that's gonna what's gonna be tough. I think um it's gonna be cool to run run a street course and like have the high rises and the stuff around. I mean, that's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. It's very like Formula One-esque, I guess, I suppose. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm I, Road America is, like, one of the best road courses in this country. It's, like, my, by far my favorite place um, that I've ever raced as far as a road really? course goes. Yeah, absolutely yeah. love the track. So, um, yeah, I think it's kind of a bummer that the cup cars aren't going there. Um, so, yeah, I just – I don't know. That doesn't make a whole lot of – like that part of it, I'm confused on why we would change, swap a date or, or yeah. I feel like Red America should have still stayed on for some, some way, somehow, but I don't know how they work all that stuff out and why it didn't work out. But um, yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be interesting for sure. It, the track's really rough from what I understand. I mean, you're going over bridges and stuff. And <laughs> if you've watched IndyCar and in like Nashville, like over those, bridge, yeah. I mean, the, some of the bumps are like really rough. So yeah. it's just going to be interesting. A lot of blind corners. Um you know, which I think is going to make it tough for like practice and qualifying. And, and again, like for if you somebody
0: gets out of shape, it's going to be big. You can't
3: see. Yeah. You're, you break straight and it's like a 90 degree corner and you look that way. And as you get around the corner, oh, oh, there's somebody. Bam. You can't. Yeah. What are you going to do? So I think um, that part of it's going to be uh, a challenge and there could be potential weather for this weekend. I don't know if you've looked at any of that, but there's I'm, a chance of rain. So great. Why not? Yeah, great. We're all thinking about <laughs> why not throw it in there. Um, so I don't know what that's going to look like. Um, but yeah, I think it's just going to be for us. It's like make the race and then just take care of the car and just take care of everything, and then I think ultimately you'll get out of there with a good finish. That's probably true. Um, yeah, I think that's all we need to. I think that's all we need to do. Are and you excited? To just like,
0: Sorry. Are you excited about being in Chicago? Like as a city, like I, I don't know how much you visit. I visited a good handful of times. I mean, I'm such a tourist. I love deep dish pizza. I'm, I'm going to a Cubs <laughs> game later this week. You know, like I, yeah, we talked to Jeremy Clements a few uh, last episode about ballparks. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yep. I, I went to Wrigley as a kid, but I got to see it again as an adult, get a better memory of it. Um, so how do you feel about I like like, Chicago?
3: Yeah, I mean I mean I like uh Gene and Jude's hot dogs where they put the fries on top. Nice. I like I mean, I like the food scene and stuff there. I definitely like going to Wrigley is really, really cool. so it's like one of the oldest I think it is the oldest ballpark left. Maybe probably not. that or Fenway, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. So like just going in there, the history, like, man, it's really cool. It's um, big. But I don't know, know. It's,
0: it's not like a little, you know. Like you kind of said, the high rises, their skyscrapers, going to be on either side. Yeah. You're racing down Michigan Avenue. It's like that's massive.
3: Yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, yeah, all that part of it's going to be neat. I mean, I don't think I'm going to have a whole lot of time to like explore Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think I'll just be there you know i've got some sponsorship obligations and stuff to do and then i've got um, the the practice and qualifying in the race and then like i'm gonna be out like that's just how it's gonna work for me but i mean i have spent some time in chicago separately one of my best friends um lives in the downtown there so um you know i i think um and from what i hear from him i mean he he loves it so i don't i don't foresee A whole lot of issues. Other than some people who may not care about racing, are probably a little annoyed that some streets are closed. Yeah, I believe I could believe (laughs) that. I understand that makes sense. uh, Other than that, I I I really don't think there's going to be too much of an issue. I think it's going to be go on as fine. I think I think watching it on TV would probably be better. Them being there, like I know uh, to see some the people actual might race. Not want me to say that. Yeah, yeah. you can just you're gonna be able to see everything and all the action. You're not gonna miss anything, and like exactly. I wouldn't want to miss the chaos. So I would want to sure. see it on TV. So I, I'm hoping, um,
0: as someone who's gonna be there in person and really wants to also see the race, in addition to the environment, the experience yeah. itself, I hope they have big screens and things and something. I, I'm a little worried that I'm just gonna yeah. have one view of like a corner. And And I'm not going to see anything else. Yeah. Good luck following the race from there. So we'll see how they do it. That's why I'm going is because I want to see one. I like visiting Chicago. Like I said, I don't know if I'd ever live up there. It's too cold. You know, you you get this California, Texas. It's it's hard to leave the, (laughs) we complain about the heat this time of year, but it's better than the frigid cold. I actually went to Chicago last year around New Year's. Uh, My girlfriend's grandmother lives there. So we went to visit her it was the first time I'd ever been to Chicago, really anywhere that far North, like during winter and it snowed yeah. every day I was there. We, I mean, it was hard. It was painful to go outside. I couldn't do it. Anyway, point is, I love visiting Chicago. That's part of why I'm visiting. But I also want to see the event in person because I think that's what this is meant for is it's meant to be an in-person event that attracts new fans in a new market. And, you know, I just I just hope I can also follow the race because, you know, watching at home on TV, it'll probably be a lot easier to follow what's going on. So,
3: yeah, yeah. I, I listen, I'm not a winter guy, although I would love, I, I'm sure many of our fans Fans have uh, watched Yellowstone. Love to have a ranch in Montana, come on. But I don't know about being there when it's negative 33 degrees outside. That's, you know, I don't even know if you can keep a cow warm in a barn when it's negative 33 degrees outside. I don't know how they make it. I don't yeah. know. Do I want to be on the lake in a high rise city in no, I don't want to do that. The I'm windy I'm city pass as that.
0: well. It's the wind chill. Uh, it is windy. yeah It's, like,
3: it's unbearable. Yeah, it's cold. But yeah. I mean, it's a cool city. I do want to say, I want to throw this out, and maybe Eric, if if Eric's kind enough to me, guys. I, sometimes you know Eric's mean. I'm just kidding. It's not at all. <laughs> but um, so we're gonna do this deal to uh, bid on my suit, and if you go to bidonthesuit.com, which it's pretty easy to remember, but maybe Eric will put it in the description. I'll put it on below. screen. Yeah, bid on wait wait let me check bid on the suit okay dot com. I just I'm reading it right here off of my phone. Just double checking. Don't want to mess it up. Accurate. Um, you can bid on the suit I'm actually going to wear in the race, and um, all of it's going to go to helping um remove plastic and stuff in our in our oceans. So please bid on it. And you can have a piece of history, a suit that was worn on the very first ever race because we raced before cup. That's true. On the street circuit in Chicago. So it's a historic event. Please bid on the suit. You'll be helping our oceans and you'll also have an awesome piece of history. So I would appreciate it if you guys did that. Um, And uh, yeah, maybe you can have, uh, you know, Eric's got one of my suits. Yeah, you guys get, can have a suit too. I'll
0: bid on it and I can add to my collection. It's over there, you there go. in the corner. <laughs> yeah.
3: Look, you got all kinds of cool stuff up there, man, on your yeah. wall.
0: I got to keep it got to keep it busy so when people watch my videos, they have something to look at other than my face. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, there you go.
3: There you go. This think, is a cool thing that um Hagen is doing. They um, you know, they have a lot of um um, you know, I've got this crazy pirate stash and I got to keep it under control and I've been <laughs> using their products for a while. And then it just turned, turned into, uh, to the stuff that we're doing together in Chicago. And, um, yeah, stuff works great. So, uh, check it out. If you've got a pirate stash like me, or you got a beard like Eric, mm. um, and, um, you know, they got all kinds of, uh, great stuff. So I'm just throwing that out there. Cause I do use it. And if you look, it's not a bad stash. It looks I'm pretty good. It
0: looks good to yeah. me. <laughs> Uh, real quick, before we bring in Corey LaJoy, just to kind of wrap this all up, I want to talk schedule stuff. We haven't talked since Lamas, since NASCAR's Garage 56. But you know, since that uh, effort, you know, NASCAR executives have talked about going international someday. Uh, we're obviously talking about a street course here in Chicago. Montreal has been brought up again as something maybe the Cup Series, somewhere the Cup Series could go to in the future. So, uh, I mean, Brennan, how would you feel... Like what other street courses or what other like cities, Mm -hmm. other tracks abroad, wherever? Like, are there any that jump out off the page at you that you're like, yeah, we should like? I don't know how you get all the cars over there, but let's like that would be great. That would be an awesome place to check out.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's a there's so I mean there's so many good ones. I mean, obviously Montreal makes the most sense. It's It's just easiest to get to. yeah, Yeah, and like it's an awesome track. Like I think they're they're like there's a lot of fans there that also like NASCAR and the oval racing and the stuff that we do down here. So like, I, I think that would be great. Plus it's another formula one track. I would love to race there and say that I did it. I'm very good at it on the simulator. Okay. So, you know, <laughs> can we go a NASCAR please? Um, Yeah, I think that would be cool. I mean, I, I would like to run, you know, maybe in my elder years, I would like to run in the, the the 24 Hours of Le Mans, just super cool, prestigious race, seeing the Garage 56 deal do it, um, man, that was just really, really cool. Did you so, see all the
0: memes, all the, you know, eagle yeah. screeching and, you know. Yes. <laughs> There's so many funny memes
3: and like, it was really wild to see that the photo of like all the other cars and then like the cup car, like right in the middle, I was like, <laughs> Wow, that is gnarly. And they're like, "No, this is a real photo." I'm like, "Oh, okay. Yeah, well, yeah. all that stuff was cool." So, I mean, I don't I don't know, man. I mean, there are some really amazing road courses. I mean, could we I mean, I don't know how difficult is it to get to Interlagos in Brazil? Is that um, you know, that, that track's like an infamous, famous, amazing road course, one of the best you know, layouts of a course ever. So, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know, man. There's so many there's so many cool ones. I personally Like the Chicago street course is cool. I think it'd be really cool to race um, with uh, the New York city skyline in the background. Um, I know formula one, I think they tried to do that. I don't know if that was real to it, but like, I think it would be, I think it would be cool.
0: Um, I think formula E races somewhere in the New York York area. Like it's, it is kind of a backdrop, but it's not right there in the city. Like Chicago is, or like formula one was trying. So that might be I'm cool.
3: If it's a backdrop, put it in New Jersey, let's race through the streets of Hoboken. I don't, (laughs)
0: I don't know. And, what's and, the and football Evan, stadium over there in East Rutherford. Uh, uh, yeah, I
3: don't. Is that where the, the, the Giants is? The, is it? Yeah. The, no, Gillette's New
0: England, isn't it? Yeah. What's it? What's is it the, is it MetLife Met Stadium? MetLife. Right. It, it came to us at the same time, I think. I think that's yeah. what it's called. I'm going to take that. Yeah. Race right over there. I don't, yeah. I don't know. We'll pay. I don't,
3: Put a pay. We'll just no. what they need to do is make it so the Grand Sands can flip. They'll just turn around backwards and face outside, and then we'll pave a track oh. in the parking lot around
0: that the would stadium, be so it's wild. a lot bigger. That's like some, something Phineas and Ferb <laughs> would, would concoct. It probably uh, is something up. Phineas and Ferb would do. I don't even know where MetLife Stadium is. I don't even know if it's that close to the city, So, but I know they always it's talk not, about building. It's not, I don't think okay then maybe not i just know they always talk about building tracks around football stadiums that's what indycar did in nashville i don't that's yeah. what i was well can we
3: race in miami why don't we do doubleheader with f1 i yeah, do the, like it i love I the like
0: f1 yacht sitting on the fake water that they have yeah the- <laughs> come hang out on this yacht and it's on asphalt <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> um and i'm i'd I'm on board. Like I said, I'm always down to try something. And if it sticks, well, it I mean, sticks. Like,
3: what do you think? I mean, I guess we could go to England with like NFL goes in. Could we race at Silverstone? That would be kind of cool. But I mean, yeah. I don't, you
0: know, I, I think you've covered a lot, a lot of them. road course stuff. I think you've covered a lot of them. I think it'd be neat to go maybe to Australia. I know there's obviously a lot of great racing, uh mm-hmm. you know, down under. So you can always yeah. try something like that out. But you go to Europe. I mean, there's any F one track, um, I know there's some ovals. Uh, I, I know what, I did a video recently. And people were commenting about a couple different oval tracks that are maybe a little older. There's like an intermediate oval, I think somewhere in the UK. I forget where exactly um, that might might need to be fixed up a little. But yeah, imagine NASCAR takes oval what? racing abroad. That's true. What? That's that's what I love about Garage 56 is it was so unapologetically American that I think all the like yeah. European fans seeing it for the first time just couldn't help but at least like chuckle or like, you know, yeah. talk about it. Like, Oh my, I, Oh my gosh. It's, it, it's exotic to them. <laughs> you know, a Chevy it Camaro sounded was exotic. like they liked it. It yeah, sounded like they so. liked it, but I, I mean,
3: so. here's the deal though. Let me throw this at you because this is just absolutely insanity. What if we take all the cup teams, all 36 chartered cars. Okay. And we do like a downhill rally style down Pikes peak and just be like fastest time wins, send it downhill i like
0: that that's
3: i mean sketchy. yeah it's sketchy there's like no there's nothing there's no, there's no
0: railing no, there's uh no. and see who you're goes above the, the tree this? line you're
3: <laughs> i would like to see a cup car do a rally we're doing garage 56 can we do i don't know what we, we could call it garage yeah. something and <laughs> garage yeah. rally I kind of um, like and it. Let I, them do a rally. I will to see
0: one do a rally. The Cup Series schedule is already so so uh, diverse—from different mm-hmm. size ovals, pack racing, stadium race, dirt race, a street dirt, course, yeah. road courses. Now you need a yeah, like you're saying a rally style race. That's what we should do for the climb.
2: clash. That's
3: what Ooh. we should do for the clash. No, we don't need to do an oval when this deal's done. Let's do a rally somewhere, like a and just like call it good. I don't know. I would honestly, I would go to see that. Like I would go. I mean, I'm just, I mean, how crazy it is. So a a cup car flips over off the side and like a bunch of fans run out of the woods and like push it back over. (laughs) And they take
0: I, uh, yeah, you know, that, that, you know, I can just hear NASCAR's, you know, just the safety department cringing or, you know, the, yeah,
3: they're probably mad at me for even the saying our safety team is like
0: absolutely, uh, not, not a fan of that idea.
3: Well, we're taking these cars have diffusers <laughs> and stuff on them and we're racing them on dirt. I mean, we can't, we need a pavement slash dirt slash gravel slash through a town, through the
0: woods, out of the mountain. I, again, it would be diverse, very uh, eclectic, um, nascar schedule would get even more exciting more that's, crazy that's
3: what we should ask Corey. hey Corey, what do you think about driving a doing doing a rally in a cup car uh
0: we, we we'll it's see if that comes say, up we I mean, might have to bring that up with him um, yeah that's a good segue though i think it's about time we bring Corey in first though this episode is sponsored by circle b diecast uh i've got a diecast to show off uh, uh brennan i know you're a big jeff gordon fan i forgot i had this oh, yeah I found this at a, Jeff I found this at a flea market a couple of years ago, and it's uh, you know, obviously the Dupont Flames, but it, in collaboration with uh, your favorite Looney Tunes characters. Yeah. You've got uh, who's on the back there? I don't even so. See, is that Yosemite Sam on the back and yep, on the side? Sure is. You've got uh, Listen, Daffy you found and Bugs. This
3: at a flea market.
0: Yeah, it was it was a pretty exciting really? find. I got so really no out. box, no box, or it had the. Box? It did have the. It had the box. It was still it had on the, the box. box and everything. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, That's an interesting find. It was a good, you know, kind of fun movie as a kid, Brendan Fraser when he was, you know, in his prime, although mm-hmm. Brendan Fraser's kind of had a resurgence in recent years. Um, but did you see the whale? I did not, but I know he, did he, uh, did he win the Oscar for that? Yeah, he, he did. Just nominated? Yeah. yeah. Good for no, him. He won. Uh, but yeah, this was, you know, younger Brendan Fraser, post mummy, Brendan Fraser. uh, Hanging out with Daffy Duck and Bugs Bunny. And he was on Jeff. Jeff Gordon had a cameo in that movie, if you remember correctly, where he's like the getaway driver, I think. Or he's involved in a car chase uh, through the streets Mm -hmm. of Las Vegas. I forgot about that. NASCAR should race in Las Vegas. Jeff Gordon in 2003 or whenever proved that was possible.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. I guess it's mine. I'm throwing it way back to uh, a guy who's very good at racing those modifieds with wings on top of them at Berlin. Uh, hmm. Johnny Benson. Hold on.
0: Oh, oh, nice.
3: All right. I've seen this one. This is Johnny Benson's. Sorry for the the glare. Uh, James Dean, Valvoline. Whoa. Number ten hot rod. focus in camera. Focusing on. It's focusing on me. Do I hide my face? There we go. No, <laughs> I, maybe you not. But anyways, I, I uh Johnny Benson, really good. Uh, was a fan of him in the truck series. That's was awesome. fan of him when he drove this ten car um i don't think you got to drive it that long it's also crazy because it's a pontiac i mean how many of you out there remember the pontiacs i don't have
0: many Pontiac pontiacs yeah
3: eric was a child and i mean i was even a child still i probably was nine or ten when he ran this car i um you know i do remember we talked about this earlier that scott riggs drove the number 10 too as well so um yeah i just always thought this was a cool car this was gifted to me by um by some family friends, Al Tara. Shout out Al if you're listening to the show because I think you do. Um, but they gave me this. Um, I believe they gave me this for uh um I don't know if it was because I won a race or if it was for a Christmas gift. They did both. Every time I won a race, they gave me a car, and then every time <laughs> um at Christmas, I got a car too, because they were like dealers. So um, yeah, this is uh this is an awesome, awesome uh little deal. It's got like the film, the film roll down the side. Yeah, and that's cool. Notice that. but, I like yeah, that. it's just a it's just a really cool looking car. Very so unique I, scheme. I, I liked it. Plus, people forget Johnny Benson used to be kind of like the man, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and when we had Carson Hosevar on a few episodes ago he talked all about Johnny Benson and the role he's played yeah. uh, in his uh getting his NASCAR career up and going yeah. off the ground um, but on that note thank you again to Circle B Diecast for sponsoring this show again use code OOTG uh, for free shipping on orders over $30 at CircleBDieCast.com uh, Brennan, I think it's time we bring in the man himself Corey Lejoy joins us here on Power Hour we are now joined by Corey Lejoy, Super Shoe. You know, Corey, I've always wondered, where did you get that uh, nickname, Super Shoe? Because it looks sick when you sign things with the S, the little Superman S yeah. looking.
1: Uh, well, I, I've had it since, man, like I was probably 12 or 13, back when people thought I was good. I was, you know, winning a bunch of go-kart races, legends card races. And um, and one of dad's buddies kind of coined Super Shoe. It's kind of like hot hands if you're a wide receiver, right? call you shoot? Yeah. shoe if you can wheel. So, uh, I got to the cup series and, and I dropped the super and, and some people call me shoe now. So I'm trying to run good enough where I can earn that super back on the front side.
0: I like it. That's, that's interesting. We were just talking, Brennan and I were just talking about the Chicago street race. Uh, so I want to just sort of jump off there. I asked Brennan to rate his excitement or enthusiasm for Chicago this weekend on a scale of one to 10. So I'll ask you the same question, Corey, uh, One to 10. How excited are you about racing a street course this weekend?
1: A 10, man. I really am excited. It's going to be really cool. I think some of my strengths, my strength as a race driver isn't necessarily at a road course, but I do think my strengths are being disciplined and hitting your marks. Um, And I think why I don't necessarily excel, I'm getting way better at a a road course, but uh, I think why I don't. Excel because I don't go 100%. I don't, I go, I go like, I just find myself going like 97%, 98% into break zones because I don't have confidence. And I think that that's kind of where you're going to want to live. Uh, because if you overstep that, if you overstep that 100.1% at a place like this, there's no margin for error. So I, I think being super precise, hitting your marks, um, getting the most out of your break zones and also downtown Chicago's freaking badass too so uh my excitement level is uh is really high awesome
0: sound a little you sound a little more uh sure of yourself than brennan did <laughs> a few minutes ago.
3: no it, yeah like i i couldn't like put a number on it i'm like i don't know how to put a number on the excitement level i think there is some anxiety around it just from a logistical standpoint. And like for me in our situation and so many blind corners and a practice and all the unknowns and our team, I was just like, I don't don't even know what I would say about that. I I think it's just like such an unknown. Like, yeah, I'm excited to go and do it. But at the same time, I'm like, I know like what you're talking about, like, I know I have to be perfect. I have to execute, stay out of trouble and hopefully go around some blind corners and not, and no one's waiting on me. (laughs)
1: <laughs> there's a, there's a high likelihood of that. So yeah. if that's the case, then, you know, it wasn't your day.
3: Yeah. Uh, you need some luck at Chicago. I think you need some, you, you're going to need some things to go your way.
1: Yeah. And I, I gave a, I gave a homeless guy 20 bucks for today. So I feel, I'm feeling pretty good with my luck.
0: <laughs> Karma's on your uh, side. Well, yeah. hopefully that's the case. Uh, I'll, I'll toss things over to Brennan here in a second, but I'll just start off, I guess, Corey, uh, I haven't talked to you much this year, but you've had, I mean, statistically speaking, you're having your best Cup Series career yet, uh, 21st in the points. So how do you feel about Spire's progress that now, I guess, three years you've been there?
1: Yeah, I feel like we are right at or maybe a touch above where we thought we'd be after a three, three year runway. You know, it's it's never never something quick when you build something literally from the foundation up. And we had to lay the foundation. We had to hire people. We had to get cars and we had that lame duck year, the first year in 21 with, uh, we kind of had some oddball Ganassi cars and, um, not a great validated SIM. So we get to next gen car and had a lot of growing pains, had a lot of DNFs mechanically, uh, and just probably some middle driving race cars from not really understanding what made these cars go. But now, uh, Sparks my crew chief and Roy and myself are starting to really kind of hone in on what my feel is to best give me confidence to, to rifle a lap off. And I still think that there's room. I mean, there certainly is we're 21st, right? You got 20 spots to go, but I, I think for what we can achieve, I think a lot of times we, we are achieving what, you know, externally people might think that we're overachieving, but I think internally we, we know that we're all capable of running how we are. And then there's some weeks where we could run better than that. You know, now we're to the point in our comp meetings, not trying to not trying to talk about how we just get the half a second gap close to the guy running 20th. Like we're trying to figure out how to make a 19th place day clip and be a 14th place day. I mean, those are, those are bigger, bigger conversations and, and harder to harder to achieve. So um, we've got a lot, of the, a lot of same guys, a lot of new guys, but Sparks and I, it's our fourth year working together and, um, you know, all that stuff starting to show up, especially when we bring fast cars to the track.
0: Absolutely. And I know, uh, before we went live, uh, you and Brendan were talking about Chevy. I'll let Brendan kind of ask that question.
3: Yeah. I, I mean, well, you guys obviously have made a lot of progress. I think it's been good to see, but I think also, you know, Corey and I have known each other a long time. I mean, I don't know how old we were when we really knew each other, but Legend Car days and and all that kind of stuff. So we've kind of watched each other drive and have our own little successes here and there throughout over the years. But I think for me, like I've seen you, um, you know, really mature from like UARA days to like now. And I really feel like the last couple of years, it's like you've, you've turned a corner and have really become like a really solid race car driver and as a guy who I think most people see is like man if um, at some point he'll get in some good equipment or not that you're not in good equipment but to the level with the facilities with the full support with everything and can win races on a regular basis so I think, you know, yeah, I think it's, it's interesting to see. I mean, I, I know like I do some SIM stuff with Chevy Chevy and they help like JD a little bit, but it's not to the extent of like it was when I was at Ganassi or any of the other teams, but I was wondering like, how much does Chevy actually um, help you and and help you guys out as far as like information or or sharing or any of that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah. So there's key partners over at Chevy, right. That they get all the financial backing, they get all the competitive data, and they also, all three teams share notebooks, and that's RCR, Trackhouse, and and Hendrick. Uh, So there's your eight teams that are kind of getting all the the flow of of aero notes and simulation and damper settings, also the majority of the block of of motion sim time, where um, then you go down to the, underneath that rung, there's just, I I think, partners, and then there's, like, associate partners – and you just get your your a little bit less sim time. I think we see the the motion sim once a month, give or take. Um, you know, the tire modeling on there is a bit different than the, than the key partners, and you don't get any financial support. But um, on the flip side of that, the the help that we have gotten from GM has been part of the the bump in performance. Um, you know, look at you look at the year that that JTGS having, and, and it's a similar bump. That obviously Daytona five hundred champs, but. They've been running collectively better, um, you know, every week. And I think what you did see, though, like you see a week like, you know, Ricky's been having top 10 runs, legitimately seventh to 10th place for the last six weeks. And then he goes and has a 27th place day. Like the floor for the teams that aren't key partners is still much lower than the teams that that have all those resources to pull from. And um, it just kind of makes the... Uh, the depth of of what they're doing and the knowledge they have that much that much more. I learned that even more so. You know, the three days I was over, uh, drinking out of the fire hose, about to drive drive the nine car at St. Louis. But though, I mean, GM is a very powerful machine with the amount of. Uh, resources they have the amount of, of great engineers they have over there and those guys are all plugged in and that's why those guys you see Ross and you see the Hendrick guys have some success so um we're trying to get more obviously we all we want more as we can get but I, I think um you know Spire is kind of in that place of the totem pole at GM for a little while um, until some things change but um you know nonetheless we can be efficient and, and keep growing and keep getting a little bit uh, incrementally better
3: I wanted to ask you a, another thing, like a little something, a little bit more personal. Um, you know, just because you know, as as kids, and I'm sure you heard the same saying too. It's like you, you know, a race car driver has a kid, and it's like they drive differently. And you're a father now, and 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 Eric and I, you know, aren't yet at our stages in our in our life. So you you have a little bit of uh, <laughs> a better understanding on that and what it's like to be a dad. And and I just was wondering to know, you know like do you feel any different um i'm sure you feel different as a person but do you feel any different about how you approach being a race car driver now that you you are a father
1: uh I man i used to be the one that would say that i mean kids slow you down right <laughs> i mean kyle bush had a kid had brexton and he had a couple down, down years like well you must have had a kid it slows you down uh but now having a kid i'm like no that's the opposite i feel like you know, those suckers, one, are super expensive. I mean, diapers are not cheap, buddy. You got to get up on the wheel to get that spot for some diaper <laughs> money. That is that is actually true. I mean, I've thought about that. Like, I got to get 15 so I can get in the money because I got to put some money in Levi's account, right? I got to pay for some daycare. Um, so I have changed my tune substantially since having kids. Because for me, it allows me to focus when I when I'm at the track or I'm at the shop. I can be fully focused on the job at hand, right? I can I can focus on being a good leader. I can focus on trying to make our car drive better. I can focus about you know how to uh, grow my or just hone my skills as to so what I can do behind the wheel. And then when I'm when I leave the shop or leave the track, I can shut that off and and flip on being a dad. Um, and it's allowed me to be a lot more present with where I'm at and and you can get burned out by racing just because you have to be so locked in and you have to be perfect and you have to uh you know continue always be malleable and learn new things and um if you are only focused on that 24 hours a day it could get it can burn you out pretty quickly so just having the first one and then you know now now having two it's allowed me to to really unplug recharge the batteries during the week and then hit the weekend running and I think it's maybe a better race car driver for sure.
0: That makes a lot of sense to me as someone who doesn't have kids, but (laughs) I guess I can, I guess I can imagine. Yeah. um. I
1: I recommend them. I I recommend them, man. They're fun. Can never, they can't come soon enough either. Once I had one, I'm 31 now. Had the first one when I was 28. I was like, dang, I wish I'd had them when I was 23 Just be like one of them young cool dads when, you know, you're 40 and your kids, you know, 20, (laughs)
3: Yeah, and you're tackling, you're playing football in the backyard, and you're like tackling yeah. your grown, your grown kid. Yeah. I, I was still, I was still having too much fun. I think at at twenty two <laughs> and twenty and twenty three, I think I had, like just met Lindsay at that at that time. I think we were we were twenty three when when we met. But I'm I'm holding off just a little bit, just a few more years.
1: Not <laughs> much. Just I mean, a few more. There's a you know, there's a lot of uh, doing the grind you're doing, man. Just finally, I, I feel like I finally just got maybe the last 16 months got like that a little bit of a tailwind as opposed to a headwind of, of my career of you know partners and reputation and experience and and all the things I feel like I was had always been up against a headwind in my career but um running well and and continuing to grow relationships I've had in the sport I feel like I've, I've got a bit of a tailwind so I say all that um you, you still got the headwind buddy and I appreciate the yeah. grind and it's hard to do that and put forth the amount of effort that you're putting towards right now, trying to, to get your career to a place where it has a little bit more consistency if you weave a kid in there. So I, I could appreciate yeah. that. too.
3: Yeah, no, I, yeah. I mean, thanks. Thanks for acknowledging the grind, but I know you've been through it too. And I'm, I'm, I'm in that moment of the grind for sure. And, and um I'm, you know, I'm just pushing for what I I know I can do. I, I think I'm still just fighting for a good seat, you know, or at least a seat that I, I can show what I'm capable of. You know, I think I've had I've been able to have certain opportunities where we've ran well, you know, and um yeah, hopefully it turns in into more for me. But yeah, I'm still fighting the good the good fight and hopefully I'll get on the tailwind eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Man,
1: I've <laughs> I've uh I've kind of changed my tune a lot. Just the, the more time I spend in the cup series, the more time I spend with with the ownership of Spire and, and just my guys in, in the trenches, like I've changed my tune of like, what a good seat is. And also, you know, driving the nine car for a week, that's like the best seat, right? He's a yeah champion and Alan's a, a multiple time, Cup couple in Like that's who you, you want to get the call from Rick. And I got it a couple weeks ago. Like I like this, the seven is like, is a good seat. Like I've m- yeah. much more appreciated that because there isn't a magic pill. There's not a magic crew chief. There's not a magic car number, a team. It's like, yeah, there's deeper teams and they have more resources and, and probably more budget, which buys them more time or more people, which in, in part is kind of the same thing, but like a seat at the table, one of those 36 seats at the table every week on a Sunday, like is living the dream. And there's some that are faster than others, but like, we have made the most strides at the seven by not looking what everybody else has and, and just like literally bearing down and be like, all right, well, these are the tools we have. Let's figure out how to whip some shit up. And some weeks we hit it and some weeks we don't. Yeah.
3: yeah I think I like for me, that's the same, same thing is like, you know, I'm, I would love to be continue on with RWR. I've gotten a few opportunities this year and I would love to drive the, the 15 car next year on a more regular basis. You know, I think, the new car definitely has changed the game a little bit for that and, and, and made it more competitive, you know, and, and, um, in my limited opportunities, I've only raced four times. I've only completed two of the races. So, um, you know, I still got a lot to learn, but we, we, um, yeah, I mean, I I definitely agree with what you're saying, and, you and can, uh, um,
0: it sounds like you yeah. need to adopt Corey's you know stacking pennies mantra. Like yeah. I think that's that is Listen, very emblematic and
1: symbolic of the whole process.
3: I'm stacking pennies up left and right over <laughs> here, dude. It's just just to stay alive in the sport. So yeah. I, well, man, there, there's it.
1: guys there's plenty of guys that have come and go. I said all the time with with a lot more talent and a lot better situations originally than I came in with, and they couldn't understand how to play the game right they couldn't understand how to figure it out they couldn't understand how to make themselves a better driver or look at the things they had control over and control those things instead of um you know talking their way out of the sport so um you know st- stacking pennies is a real life thing bro like you stack up pennies I, I, I this is funny so t- today i got my check from hendrick motorsports for being the reserve the reserve driver and I brought it home. I'm, you know, looking at it, right? Hendrick Motorsports. And you're like, holy shit, I, I got a driver's check from from Rick Hendrick, right? I kept the last I kept the last uh BK check I ever got that bounced. So uh I went to the bank, it didn't cash, right? This was in like June. About this time. It's like when when the checks just stopped coming all together. And I just drove for free the rest of the year and i literally put the two checks next to each other like had i stopped at this amount for nothing right this one here absolutely never comes right and how much shit was in between that check the one that bounced and never cashed to the one that came from rick hendrick like there's a lot of stuff to be said about that the space in between those two the dates in between those two checks so that's uh that's a pretty cool story that that that's incredible
0: journey. Yeah. yeah the, to see that side by side. Wow. Uh, Corey, we really appreciate your time. I had just a couple of final questions. I do want to ask you about gateway. You brought it up a couple of times. Um, you know, I remember you said after, you know, you substitute for chase Elliott that you said you've got some work to go do and that you, you weren't seeming very happy with the result. Um, I know from my perspective, I think Brennan shares this perspective, you know, substitute role running a track that Hendrick hadn't run very well at in the past. I, I I don't make too much of that finish, but now that you've had a few weeks to sit on it, how do you assess or how do you think about that that race you had in the nine car?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think the the result was disappointing, but I wasn't disappointed with my effort. Um, I knew what areas that I, I could work on, but um, you know, you go from from having a a drip out of a spigot worth of information in terms of when it comes to having a, to learn what, what it takes to be the best driver you can possibly be for six years. And then you all of a sudden get a fire hose worth of information Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Right. And, and yeah. then you go into the weekend and you don't, you don't, you can't really figure out without having a lot of time with the amount of data that GM gives you and Hendrick gives you with driver comparisons and segment loops and all that sort of stuff that I've never seen before. Of, of what's noise and what's actually able to be digestible. Um, mm. So I, I was really noisy. I was really stiff. I, I, at the end of the day, I didn't realize how much confidence and like uh, confidence you have in just like your routine. Um, and I didn't even think that I had a routine, but just the common conversations, the sh- you put in the trailer, what time you eat, where you go, the faces you see, the appearances you have all that stuff was different for me for that week. And, um, you know, when I drive the seven car any given week, I'm confident to send it. Like the, the amount of, you know, the, the age old saying, you know, you talk to my dad and my dad filled in for Ricky Craven in 1998 in the 50 car, he's like, just do the same thing you were doing and go, you know, 95% and the car's going to do the work. It's a different NASCAR than it was. This next-gen car is a different animal than it was. Everybody is at the 995 99.8%, right? So you can't – if you go 95%, you're 27th, 25th, like I did mm-hmm. all day in that thing because I didn't have the competent one, because I didn't want to wreck Rick Hendrick's car. I didn't want to give those guys a bad result being in for one week. Meanwhile, right, the, Carson comes in with nothing to lose and was just hanging my shit out and driving it fast. The, the setup that we'd worked weeks on to try to figure out how to, to go to gateway with something good. He gets to drive and the setup where Hendrick's like, well, ah, we don't really have a good one for gateway. So this is what we came up with um, was kind of what we went with, but you know, it was disappointing overall, but I, I over after the week was over and the dust had all settled, uh, I left there confident that, you know, if I got the resources and the data And was in a system like that with with really good teammates that are constantly setting the bar that you can measure yourself up against, and figuring out the ways to make yourself better behind the wheel. Like I could be, I could build myself into a champion. That's what I felt, legitimately felt like leaving there. Um, And then you go back to the to the small drip of information spire, but now I, I can go back and. Ask for certain things from Alan Gustafson, who can be a help. I can I can ask things from from some buddies at GM in the engineering department for some driver tools that I hadn't seen before. So there's certain things that I can go do on my end of just seeing it for a couple of days, um, you know. And and whether or not that call comes again, I still gonna I'm gonna prepare and keep doing the same thing I had been doing. The biggest thing I think I came away um, understanding right, it's like and and Brennan lives it is. You know, you're constantly making calls and you're leveraging relationships and you're trying to like work the chess pieces of the garage in your favor to like either get in a car or stay in a car. And that's what you have to do to survive, especially in the, the back quarter of the garage. And I'm no different, right? Like the silly season news and you hear guys coming, going, you're having conversations in the bathroom and like you're always like trying to have the next conversation. And uh I realized like I hadn't, I had not one thing to do with how all those pieces fell together, right? Like that was either a, a divine intervention, and obviously the Lord had a plan for that particular weekend. I'm not sure what it was, but um, like that made me aware of like I can try to move the puzzle pieces all I want to, and try to try to work hard. And there's one thing you gotta you gotta work hard, but um, there's a lot of times in this thing, decisions are made for you, and that was something that I never made for. one phone call, one text, and it all worked out. Next thing you know, you're driving a nine car for Rick Hendrick. So um, yeah. it comes and goes, buddy. I don't, I don't really know. I don't have much wise words for you on that. But yeah, well, so. I think
0: you've you given us plenty of wise words, and, and yeah, you, I, mean, I, I still like the tailwind versus headwind uh, analogy. I'm going to use that someday in my in my day to day life.
3: I, I think what I would say just. To, comment on that again is is we have a lot of people uh, especially as of men of faith that like you know people come into your life that you you didn't put there you didn't bring them in you know god opens those doors and he makes those decisions and and um you know i I think I, i feel like i've been very blessed like i'm still driving a race car i'm still getting paid to drive a race car and there's only so many guys that get to do it right and i felt that way uh, when I was there this this past Sunday in Nashville, pulling into the track and thinking, man, I'm one of 36 guys in the world that get to do this today. Um, and, and that's a blessing. Right. And I think, um, you know, Corey, something that I've always respected about you is I think when you um, get in that race car, you know who you're driving for. Right. And, and um, that's something that I try to focus on. Uh, myself as well. And, and um, I've always respected that about you since we were kids um, until now, even as we're, we're adults. And, and so I I appreciate that about you um, and where your faith is. And, and um, you know, it's just, it's just, um, it's good to see. And, and I appreciate the things that you said on, on, on the show today. And um, hopefully I can do some more (laughs) wheel to wheel battling with you. Uh, like we used to when we were younger uh, in the, in the, in the coming years, but um, I've certainly enjoyed watching you and certainly enjoyed racing you over the years. And, and of course, you know, we have a competitive relationship, but um, you know, I know away from all this too, that we still have a, you know, a friendship too. So I appreciate that as well.
1: No doubt. Yeah. And don't forget, man, I've been telling Titus too. It's like there are seasons in life where things just like the ball doesn't bounce your way. Right. And, and there was a time, seven years ago eight years ago when i was driving the jgl car just like happy when i ran 12th and qualifying and then you look at the top of the sheet and the 48 was up there and you're like damn it that was a fast lap like you were that dude and you're still that dude so don't forget that right and you can you can do it and it's all about putting yourself in the right in the around the right people and, and timing is super important but i can assure you that it won't happen if you stop right and, and there's a balance between stopping and starting equity in another career, but there's also um there's also something to be said about being the one that doesn't stop when everybody else does, right? Cause there was I can count legitimately 20 guys off the top of my head right now that probably have more talent than me, more money than me, probably more race wins than me at any given time of their career, and and just stopped um when it got hard, when it got really hard. So I could appreciate you not stopping.
0: A yeah, good motivational stuff. Yeah, right there for sure. Corey, we really appreciate your time. We appreciate you joining us for uh, for Power Hour. Uh, good luck the rest of this season. Hopefully, we'll uh, get to see you at the racetrack again real soon. Appreciate you coming on.
1: Yeah, man. Sounds good. Have a good one.
0: Huge thank you to Corey for being on the show. That was a, a great time. Always good to catch up with uh, Corey. LaJoy my mom is calling right now. Uh oh. Yeah, I'll call her back in like ten minutes. <laughs> Um, she'll be, she'll be, is your mom
3: going to listen to the show?
0: She I didn't know exactly when you ignored the call. I hope not. I, she, <laughs> I, I think I know what she's calling me about. I'll call her back very soon. Um, I told her, I'm like, I say, mom, I'm recording with Brennan Poole, Corey LaJoy, uh, all morning. Uh, I guess she just wants to be on this show. She wants to chat.
3: Yeah. She wants um, to say,
0: Hey, but, uh, now for the final segment of the show, we have a fan question yeah. we want to answer. Brendan, I know you picked one out that I think is a pretty decent one to wrap this show did. up on. Uh, yeah, hit me with it. Okay, so
3: Alex, I can't say, I can't, I don't know how to say your last name. I'm sorry, but 8962, you know who you are. Um, they <laughs> wanted to know what each of our favorite paint schemes of all time, past or present, doesn't matter. What is our favorite podcast? Our favorite scheme of all time Uh, um (laughs) also this was taken away from the stacking pennies podcast so this is this is a good oh yeah this is a good deal it all comes together so um yeah, that's a tough one, but I'm gonna let you go first because I, I have to think about it. That's that's a difficult question. There's been so many good paint schemes over the years. Mine's
0: pretty easily. I mean, I'm biased for sure. We had uh, you know, my face on a car, Brennan, that you're very well aware of. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I'm not gonna be lame and say this is my favorite paint scheme ever. But I will oh, say no. <laughs> the scheme that this is heavily influenced by. I actually have sitting right over here. This scheme was heavily influenced by a car Matt Kenseth drove in uh, 2005, 2006. So you can see a few similarities, especially on the door, I think. You can really see the similarities. And kind of on the roof, it's a little bit similar there as well. Um, That was mostly intentional. Kind of the front's a little bit kind of going for the same thing. Um, but Matt Kenseth's 2005. It was the first race I saw in person was in 2005. Kenseth, uh, I think, started on pole because somebody failed inspection. He just, like, bumped up to the front row, led a bunch of laps, finished in the top five. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I've always loved his black and yellow cars. He was my favorite driver. That one was sort yeah. of the one that got it all started. Just looked really good. I also really love the um, black door number uh, on the yellow background. Thought about I We had a version of this car, Brennan, that was the same. And I don't know, it didn't quite, I don't know, it didn't quite work the same way. I think it, because, a
3: seventeen. Man. I think it's
0: because the white out of the groove logo here, it was going to mm. look too weird if it was just, if everything else was black. So that's why we yeah. stuck with the white door number. But other than that, uh, these two kind of similar to each other.
3: Yeah, I think, um, you know, it sounds crazy to say, but the, Jeff Gordon had a Nicorette car, the car that he wrecked in Vegas and hit the hit the mm-hmm. gap, if you remember I love that car because it was like lime green with like the yeah. flames all down it. I love that car is probably up there as one of my one of my favorite um schemes of all time. That was a um, cool one. But- I love that one. Um, you know I'm a Jeff Gordon fan I mean I liked a lot of his cars I liked when he went to the flames I thought the flames were cool and then you know I liked flames for a while now I don't know how now I'm past <laughs> I'm over my flame era but um but uh yeah that Red car I have it too that I guess I have to pull it out one for one episode but uh yeah it uh, I love I just like the lime green with like the flames and it's just like man that car was like so bright and I really like cars that like are that have that those bright colors to them yeah. Kind of like my car from this past weekend. Can I throw that? But, you know, <laughs> say I liked my own car that I drove in Nashville, but yeah, um, yeah, the 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 Nicorette car is uh, is uh, is probably probably one of my favorite schemes of all time.
0: I love brightly colored cars that are pretty like immediately recognizable, but aren't too busy that it gets so cluttered yeah. up. But, you know, I like a fairly simple design. You know, Flames—that's easy, easy to comprehend, easy to wrap your brain around. Black and yellow simple you like
3: the you like the flat black furniture row car with the neon red 78 and well <laughs> no, I, I, no I did other sa- I did
0: say I like <laughs> brightly colored cars I mean that one was just kind of a matte black uh but no yeah. in a way it is still iconic it is still uh memorable in a way yeah um, but in thank a way. you for- Thank you for that question, Alex. I think that's a good one to end it on. If you have a question or questions that you'd like uh, either Brennan or myself to answer in the next episode of Power Hour, leave them in the comments below if you're watching here on YouTube. Just type it out in a comment, hit enter. We will see it and we will consider it for our next show. Um, But I think that's about going to do it for this one, Brennan. Uh, Do you have any final thoughts before we close out? Um... No,
3: thank you guys for listening. <laughs> um, uh, watch the race this weekend. Pool for the Vanderhagen number six car. Remember to bid on my suit at bitonthesuit.com. suit.com. I think that's what I said, right? Is it? Yes, am I right? Is it bid I on hope the suit? So. hold on? Hold on, yeah, bidonthe suit.com. Bid on my suit, save the oceans, maybe win a piece of history. I don't know. Check it out. Um, but other than that, yeah, man. Um, until we talk again next month,
0: guys. Yep. And speaking of great paint schemes, you know, the Vanderhagen, bright orange, simple pops, uh, looks great. So, uh, yes. Uh, with that being said, thank you all for listening slash watching the latest episode of out of the groove power hour. We will see you next time. Enjoy Chicago.